And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in the East End of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew. And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Well, 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 Raptors fans, how does it feel indeed? This is a big win, a massive win for the Toronto Raptors as they come through with a huge victory, 115-96 to to close out the series with the Orlando Magic. Again, my name is Sean. Alexander and a huge shout to the people tuning in live on Twitter right now because I know there's another game going on tonight in the city of Toronto or not in the city of Toronto but involving a Toronto team a big another big game going on but when we're dealing with the winners of the night it's a Toronto Raptors so huge shout to the people if you're tuning into this podcast live at Shell Alexander on Twitter huge shout out to you if you're tuning into this podcast on Instagram we take your comments and questions just like we do on Twitter at Sheldon Alexander on Instagram at Shell Alexander on Twitter. Shouts to you guys for tuning in. Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. And if you happen to be a Leaf fan, I am. I am a Leaf fan. I'm hurt by that Leafs loss. Don't get me wrong. But if you are a Leaf fan and right now currently live right after the game, the game's ended pretty close to around the same time. But Maybe you weren't ready to, to join into what happened with the Raptors yet. So you're listening to the podcast the next day. Shouts to you. But for the people that don't know, you can tune into the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and on YouTube. Just search On Blast Podcast. On that feed, you'll find everything you need to see, everything you need to hear involving the Toronto Raptors and what we've been saying all year, the best team in franchise history. How about that? How does that sound, Raptors fans? Let me know. First off, we mentioned the score. 115-96. Crazy performance from the Raptors. And it's a far cry from when they lost game one. And there was a segment of Raptors land, segment of, you know, the city, let's say, that were kind of worried, oh no, they lost game one. Is this the same old team? Have we seen this before from the Toronto Raptors? They lost game one. DJ Augustine was balling. And then what happened? If you tuned into this podcast after that game, we said, relax, it's okay. The Raptors blew game one, but it's all right. They're going to win the next four games. Some of the games aren't going to be close. And the Raptors are going to do what they're supposed to do and just stomp out the Orlando Magic. And how dominant were they, you ask? Well, the Raptors, since like heading into the fourth, because the game was over in the fourth quarter, right? But heading into the fourth, the Raptors had won 12 of the 15 quarters since game one. For the entire series, the Orlando Magic only led for five minutes and 28 seconds since game one. That's crazy. That is a crazy set. That just shows total domination from the Toronto Raptors. And the same thing that we've been saying all year about this team. This team is different. They took care of a first-round matchup like you're supposed to when you are favored, when you are a number two seed, when you've had one of the best records in the league, and you're playing one of those lower-tiered seeds, you're supposed to take care of business. Especially when you look around and you see what some of the other big boy teams are doing as well. 
Great sign for the Toronto Raptors to follow suit. But things that come out of this series, okay? First off, playoff Kawhi is a real thing. <laughs> I don't know if people were, were curious, if people were doubting that. You know, if people might have been familiar with Kawhi's resume in terms of, yeah, we all know he was a finals MVP. But I don't know how many people actually watched Kawhi on a game-to-game -game basis, especially once the chips were on the table and the playoff time, it was playoff time coming around in San Antonio, right? I don't know how many people would have been familiar with Kawhi's work, but Raptors fans got to see it in this series and all but one game and he still gutted out like what, 19 points? Solid performance from Kawhi Leonard. But if you go to this game, Kawhi Leonard finishes with 27 points on eight of 11 shooting, seven rebounds, two assists, but here's the thing, five of five from three-point land. <laughs> that might have been the craziest part of Kawhi Leonard's series, or season, if you ask me. Like The one thing I didn't really know about Kawhi Leonard was that his three-point shot was that wet. Five of five from three in the game. And if you're five of five from three, that means you could have gone like five of ten. Because you could have shot like ten, five more shots and everyone would have been okay with that because you're hot. You started off five of five, right? <laughs> but Kawhi is just a monster. And some people might not have known to the full extent or just what put playoff Kawhi meant or what Kawhi Leonard himself meant midway through the season where he said that, hey, there's 82 regular season games and the postseason is when he really laces them up. I guess now we know that's for real. Because what a show he put on in this series. In like, He was sick in the one game, still guts out a performance. But other than that, it was just work. High efficient scoring, high defense, high level of defense. And that maybe might have been the key for the Raptors. Because it wasn't just Kawhi playing defense. You could tell it was a team mentality. Siakam, we know, can guard, what, four to five positions on the floor? Kawhi Leonard is a beast defensively. Marc Gasol... I mean, he was getting blocks in the middle, just his defensive positioning, the way that he is helping on screens and getting in the way of getting in passing lanes. It was just a show from the Raptors. And then there's your man's Kyle Lowry. I really want to know what it must feel like to be Kyle Lowry in this situation, right? Because obviously he's been right there as the face of the Raptors franchise, he and DeMar for this run of success for the Raptors team. But now with him being here without DeMar, and having a situation that he's never been in, where the Raps were up 3-1 for the first time in their the history of their franchise, but you're up 3-1 in a series, and you get a chance to stomp out a team and just take them out and have a dominant win in the playoffs. And something Kyle Lowry hasn't seen before. And what did he do? He came out the gate and just put in work. First basket, driving to the layup. Next time, gets the ball, drives to the basket, got fouled. Then Lowry hits his transition three. Those are all the signs that we've been talking about all season long. To start off the game, my guy is just locked in. The two signs that we always talked about. Does he drive to the basket hard early on? And does he pull up for that transition three early on? When you see those two things from Kyle Lowry, you know he's feeling good and the good Kyle Lowry game is coming out. But he had the Raptors' first nine points. Raptors started on what? Like a 12-0 run? No, 20 the game, I think the Raptors started at, what, 30, 31-9 was <laughs> what the Raptors led early on. And it's funny, I'm going through my notes and I'm seeing, oh, 19-3, to 22-3, oh, wow, 31-9. to Like, they just came out and 
to steal the line from Barkley and company on Inside the NBA, it's like the Orlando Magic were already in 1-2-3 Cancun mode. 31-9, that's how you start an elimination game? <laughs> wow. Kyle Lowry came out, and of course, it wasn't just the scoring, because you look at the first quarter for Kyle Lowry, he finished the first quarter with 12 points on 5 of 6 shooting, including two threes, three rebounds, two assists. But Kyle Lowry was out here taking charges as well. He had four charges early. It was funny. One of them, it looked like he he like bumped his hand, goes to the locker room for a bit. Oh, no, sorry. Went to the bench first and then checked back in the game and then took another charge. <laughs> I think it was Zach Lowe that tweeted the game and I retweeted it. But he basically said, I think the Raptors need to put Lowry on a charge management program, <laughs> right? Because you're in a blowout and you don't want Kyle Lowry to get hurt in a blowout game taking a charge. Like, we respect the gangster of Kyle Lowry. We respect the work ethic and all that. But hey, you know, after this game was pretty much lights out, you can ease up on the charges. You know, let give T. Ross a layup. Let your boy pad his stats a little in a blowout game if you're Kyle Lowry. But again, to the point, Kyle Lowry getting a chance to ball out like that in a closeout game to make it 4-1, that has to be a good feeling for him, man. It really does, because the Raptors have never had an easy series like that. It's always been super stressful going down to six or seven games or just getting swept by LeBron, right? That's basically been the era, this era of the Toronto Raptors. So it was a great sign to see Kyle Lowry come out early and then also see his teammates continue to feed him. And what a far cry from what happened in game one when Kyle Lowry had just one point. And we talked about it before, but the points are the bonus that you're getting from Kyle Lowry. You know all the little other things that Kyle Lowry does in games, and they had the board during the game. It said Kyle Lowry leads the NBA playoffs in charges taken, loose balls recovered, he's second in deflections, and third in assists in the NBA playoffs. So again, if Kyle Lowry gets you 10 points, which is what we were talking about after game one, you take that because you know he does a little bit of everything else. Now, when you look at the box score and you see that he put up more than 10 points, right? And in this game, he finished with 14. But I feel like the point was made early on. Kyle Lowry was here. And if he needed to get 20, he was feeling it early. Kind of shifted down, load management down for Kyle Lowry. And hopefully, he's feeling okay, right? He came out with a bit of a wrap on his hand to start the third quarter. But still... Great sign if you're a Raptors fan to see Kyle Lowry doing what Kyle Lowry does. Great games all around. And if we talk about just themes that come out of the first round and watching the Raptors just stomp out the Orlando Magic, Pascal Siakam is real. We might have known that already, but you did have to question a little, okay, well, now when the stakes are higher, now when, you know, the game plan is out there from every team. Like, he's not going to surprise anybody anymore. They know he's coming. And he also struggled against the Orlando Magic in the regular season. And it was a great sign to see none of that matter. <laughs> Siakam looked unfazed. There were points where he looked just damn near unstoppable. I mean, again, Kawhi was Kawhi doing dirt. But Siakam did not look like he was this young buck that was just happy to be here. He was putting in work. Great performance all around from the Toronto Raptors, right? Siakam with 24 points in this game, 8 of 16 from the floor, and add in his 6 rebounds, add in 4 assists, a block as well, just for fun. 
but great signs for the Toronto Raptors as, you know, they just continue to do what you're supposed to do. It's a weird position to be in, no Raptors fans, because we're not used to seeing that from this team, but it was good for them to live up to what the expectations are. And when you are a top seed in the league, this is what you're supposed to do in the first round. Philly at last check was also up big in Brooklyn. And as I check right now, yeah, they're stomping out Brooklyn heading into the fourth quarter. So we know what that matchup is going to be, Philly against the Raptors. And to me, the biggest thing heading into that series that I can, you know, take a little bit of something from what happened in this series is the Raptors center position. Marcus Gasol is proving his worth in like a crazy, crazy, crazy way. I know that Nick Vucevic obviously is not Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid is a lot better than Vucevic. But the point remains, you got a great glimpse into what Marcus Gasol can do to another big guy. Vucevic had another poor game as he had six points on three of 10 shooting in this game. And it just continued to run where Vucevic in this series against the Toronto Raptors. And again, you got to remember, we're talking about a guy that averaged 21 points and 12 rebounds during the regular season. Again, Vucevic averaged 21 points and 12 rebounds during the regular season. In this series, he averaged 12 points and eight rebounds. And if you really want to break it down in this series, he only had one game where he basically outplayed his season averages. So you look at Vucevic's production in this game, in this uh, series, sorry. Game one, 11 points, eight rebounds. Game two, six points, six rebounds. Game three was his only solid game at 22 points and 14 rebounds. But then you're looking at game four, 11 points, five rebounds. And again, as mentioned, game five, six points, seven rebounds. The work that Mark Gasol did on Vucevic can't be like you can't you can't not mention that in terms of what the Raptors did to be successful in this series. And going forward against Joel Embiid, that's going to be a super interesting matchup because there's a lot of things. And, you know, we're, I'm going to try to catch up with Webby later on this week to get kind of get into a full preview of the Raptors and Sixer series. But just a glimpse, you got to think. Embiid's kind of hobbled, you know, Embiid has a tendency, as Mikey was talking about on the last podcast, Embiid has a tendency to settle a lot for jumpers, and if you're the Raps, you're happy with that. You're happy with the ability of Gasol to play post-defense if they actually do dump it down to Embiid, but also, you still have Serge Ibaka coming off the bench to also have to make Embiid work on the defensive end. I'll be interested to see what the Raptors do with Gasol on offense, in terms of, do they try to use him a little bit more just to tire out Joel Embiid, you know, like, so that he has to play defense. He has to be chasing Gasol around. He has to work a little, even covering Gasol in the post. We know that if you want to leave Gasol at the top of the key, he's not going to hesitate to shoot the three. We know that. But you don't really want to let Joel Embiid rest. So I'll be interested to see how the Raptors kind of play that in terms of letting Marcus Gasol get maybe a little more touches on the offensive end of the floor. But at the same time, within the flow of the offense, Gasol's still getting, he got nine points in this game, one of three from three, four free throw attempts. He was four of four from the line. So I'm so interested to see how that matchup plays up because Joel Embiid being able to try to bully Jared Allen 
or being able to bully, you know, um, being able to bully Jared Dudley, sorry. Um, it's just, you won't be able to do that against Gasol and against Serge. Now, I'm not saying that those guys are better than Embiid, but Embiid will have to work a lot harder. And I talked about this on the podcast we did at, at uh, Shark Club the other night. But the way that Embiid was beefing down and talking trash, getting into it, you know, laughing in the post games, getting into it with Jared Dudley on the court, it's like Mark Gasol and Serge aren't going to be here for the play play. So if Embiid wants to do all that stuff, cool whatever let him make his jokes make let him do his instagram stuff whatever the raptors we know are a veteran team and they will be focused on winning and advancing in the playoffs but let's get to some comments guys because this was just a great game and i asked you guys while i was setting up but the feed was still cooking i asked you guys what you thought of this game because it was just an outstanding game and i i know that the raptors won and the final score doesn't really do it justice because the Raptors led by as many as 37 points in this game. And I want to know what it kind of felt like as Raptors fans to watch a team do that. A team that you cheer for do that. Because you've never been in that position. Let's get to some comments. What, how does it feel? One word, gratifying. Uh, another comment here says, watched 81 of 82 games this season. Been watching for years prior to that. Feels damn good someone else uh, chimes in and says and we are live hashtag we the north hashtag rtz i mean if you don't know that's the intro to the pod but i assume if you're listening to this you probably got that but anyways you know for the people in the back uh, my guy jerome says it's about time in all caps heavy em emphasis on time uh Another comment here says, Kawhi, 5 of 5 from 3, 27 points on 12 shots. Playoff Kawhi is a beast. You will get no arguments here. I've been trying to remind everybody from the start of the season to now to enjoy this run because you're getting a chance to run to watch Kawhi Leonard on a nightly basis, one of the top basketball players in the world. Like, no arguments, no gas, no nothing. One of the top players in the world do what he does at a super high level. And that's got to be gratifying if you're the Toronto Raptors. There's so many comments here, and I want to get to as many of them as possible as the Raptors continue to do what they do. Um, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to avoid the comments about what might have happened to another Toronto team here. Uh, another comment just says, Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. <laughs> Diversified Youth chimes in and says, Big up, Sheldon, even if he loves Gasol more than Serge. Listen. I like Gasol and Serge the exact same amount. I might think Gasol is a better player or better fit with the starting lineup, but hey, I like them both equally. They both bring, they will both be, how about this? Both Gasol and Serge equally will be key contributors or key, you know, depending on how those two guys do, will be a key factor in whether or not the Raptors beat the Sixers. How about that? Like them equally. Uh... My man C. Brown checks in on Instagram and says, remember when people were upset the Raptors lost to the Magic in the regular season? The regular season doesn't matter. Hey, Kawhi was just trying to tell you guys the whole year. Nick Nurse and uh, Masai and McKechnie and everybody that came up with this load management stuff, they're trying to tell you the regular season didn't matter. Because remember, the Raps had trouble 
with Orlando all season long. And yeah, didn't matter. Uh, let's see. Uh, Austin writes in and says, so about that Drake curse, because obviously Drake was at the Raptor game tonight, courtside. Raptors win big. Drake curse didn't matter. Uh, another comment here. Different team, different year. The playoffs really begin now. Can't wait to see how Kawhi and this team rises to the occasion against Philly. I honestly can't wait for that matchup either. I think that matchup is going to be so, so good. And if you go back to the regular season, Kawhi was able to give Ben Simmons fits the entire time. Uh, Jimmy Butler had a game where he and Kawhi kind of went toe-to-toe. Raptors won that game, but Jimmy Butler put up some major points in that game. Obviously, the Raptors had not played the Sixers once the Sixers got Tobias Harris and made those other trades where they brought in like their key bench guys in terms of uh, Scott, who comes off the bench and just rains threes. He hit that game winner for them a couple games ago for the Nets. But also, Philly hasn't seen the Raptors since the Raptors have gotten Marcus Gasol. So a lot of this is going to be based on tape, right? Because these teams haven't played each other in a really long time. So that'll be interesting to see. But again, what we've been saying the entire time, the Raptors play defense when they want to. And when they flick the switch, because it's the playoffs, you can't be messing around. They are lockdown defenders and they will be going hard the whole time. And the one thing I'm interested in is how Nurse runs the bench minutes. We saw for the most part... He kept it to a three-person bench in terms of Freddie, Norm, and Serge. He got some spot minutes from Jody Meeks, but for the most part, it was the three guys coming off the bench. And I know that for the most part, Fred struggled, or Fred had a tough time. You know, the last, he had a, a good game here and there. Norm, same thing, had a good game here and there. But for the most part, the bench struggled. And I really think a lot of that had to do with the length of the Orlando Magic. It's not only in their front line when you're talking about guys like Isaac, Gordon, you know, even Fournier. They can guard multiple positions. But coming off the bench, you're Freddie and, you're, and the point guard is Michael Carter-Williams. That's a tough matchup for Freddie because Freddie is an undersized point guard. Michael Carter-Williams is a big guard. So it was a tough, it was a tough matchup for Freddie, right? Same thing for Norm. So... When you change those matchups now and it becomes, I don't know, you might be going against J.J. Redick or these uh, guy off the bench. Uh, why am I drawing a blank now? The, the little guy on, on the bench, T.J. McConnell. Why is it, I don't know why I just drew a blank on T.J. McConnell. But it's just a different game. I know Ben Simmons is a big guard. But when you get into the bench minutes, you know, Freddie and, and Norm might have much better success in the next series against Philly. Because Philly's defense... It's solid, but as a team, I just think Philly is very hit or miss. I don't know if they have the gears that the Raptors have, and I also don't know if they have the experience that the Raptors have, right? Like Philly, there's a lot of stuff going on in this series with Philadelphia besides Joel Embiid's health, which I think is like the biggest issue. But if you just look at the back and forth, the technical fouls, Embiid joking around in the press conferences, you know, those are all like bullet board, bullet board material things that you don't really do in the playoffs or you shouldn't really be doing in the playoffs. It might not be that wise to do in the playoffs, right? And also, you can't be talking trash to Kawhi. He's not even going to respond to you. <laughs> he barely responds in interviews in the post game. So Joel Embiid talking trash and all those gimmicks, it just seemed like those guys were here for a joke, right? The Sixers even like joking around but the farting on the bench. Like it just wasn't, I don't know if they're ready for prime time. 
That's what I'm saying. That's how I'm feeling heading into this Sixers series. But let's get back to the Raptors, and let's get back to, most importantly, you guys, the Raptors fans. Uh, another comment here. I asked a question off the top. Raptors fans, tell me how you feel after that game. One comment on Instagram says, we, we run tings. Tings now run we. <laughs> I like that. That's a very Toronto response. I like it. I like it. Uh, a certain Toronto. There's two Torontos, right? There's different Torontos, which we all love and appreciate them both equally because that's what makes Toronto, Toronto, right? Uh, another comment. This is what it must have felt like to be a Cavs fan. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, another comment. Cat uh, Libby says, just like you said, Sheldon, best Raptors team ever. Enjoy it. Uh, Britt Manley says, Raps in Philly is going to be fun. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, another comment says, when we lock in on defense, Operation Wet Blanket. <laughs> I look so I look forward to Joel Embiid getting so frustrated by all of the like grown man at the YMCA tricks that Marcus Gasol is going to be pulling on, on Embiid all season or all series. I look forward to that so much. I want Embiid to get so flustered and arguing with the refs, taking just horrible shots, trying to get fouls. That's going to be fun. Can't wait for that. Len says, this is a killer instinct and swagger that previous Raptors never had. What a time to be a Raptors fan. Totally agree. My guy Austin writes in and he just says, 115.96. <laughs> oh, man. I can't say it often enough. Raptors win and win the series four games to one. The first time the Raptors have ever won four straight games in a playoff series in the postseason. Like, Kyle Lowry was out here balling. Playoff Kawhi is a thing. The Pascal Siakam glow up hits the playoffs. Mark Gasol is doing the Mark Gasol things that make me love that trade so much and makes the people on, on our uh, YouTube chat hate me <laughs> because I get giddy over Mark Gasol's deflections that he makes in passing lanes or his hockey assists that he makes. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm just saying, enjoy this, and hopefully this continues into the next series, because that will be fun. Like, imagine that, you're seeing big boy teams do big boy things heading into the next round, and hey, you're heading into a series as well where you have the best player on the floor in Kawhi Leonard. There's not a doubt in that anymore, right? Like, we know Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor, like, that's not a doubt? I don't know. Uh, let's see... Let's see. Uh, the evolution of this team is really amazing to watch. Uh, another comment. Now we know what Cavs fans felt like all those years. Oof. It would have been cool if somehow the Cavs were the ones. And I know the Cavs are really, really bad. But it would have been funny if LeBron left and then somehow the Cavs got in the seventh and then the Raptors just swept the Cavs. Just for that sake. Like, that would have been kind of cool. <laughs> but I thought that would have been, you know, maybe asking too much for some Raptors fan playoff redemption right? But people arguing with Leaf fans in here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is a finals MVP. Enough said. Uh, let's see. Ka before Kawhi got injured, he was manhandling the entire Warriors team. It's, it's true. It's a refresher course in terms of how good Kawhi Leonard is. And that's why we got to just enjoy this run. <laughs> Another comment here. Len says on Instagram, Marcus Gasol stole Vucevic's soul. 
Another comment follows that up. It says Mortal Kombat style. I don't know, guys. What are we still thinking right now? Guys and girls, guys and gals, what are we thinking of this trade now? Are people all in on this trade? Are there still people that doubt what Marc Gasol brings to this team? Do we need to maybe wait and, and see how they look in the next round against Joel Embiid? I wonder if that will fully win people over. Because the one thing that I want to see transfer over, we know playoff Kawhi. We saw it in this series. But I'm assuming if you're Philly, you're going to try to put Jimmy Butler. I would assume you're trying to put Jimmy Butler on Kawhi. But who guards Siakam? The matchups are going to be crazy. The matchups are really going to be crazy. And what do you get from Kyle Lowry consistently too? That's what I'm looking for. Uh, another comment here on Instagram. Kyle Lowry's hand got hurt, and I wasn't even nervous when he went and got it checked out. That's how I feel about this team. But yeah, Kyle, don't get hurt. <laughs> uh, another comment. Kyle versus his hometown team is going to be amazing. That is going to be fun. Kyle Lowry, we know the Pitbull Kyle Lowry. He has that chip on his shoulder when he needs a little, like the weirdest thing set him off. Maybe it's a bad call. Maybe it's chirping the officials. Maybe it's chirping the other team. As we remember him and Ben Simmons got into it. What, last season that was? But Kyle Lowry playing in Philly. Me thinks Kyle Lowry's going to be a little fired up for that one, right? Uh, here's a question. Should we be a bit concerned about how the first substitutions in this game led to a 12-2 run by the Magic against our bench personnel? That is a great point. And I wrote that down too because the Raptors were up by 22 points, right? They were up big. And then Kyle and Kawhi checked back into the game and the Raptors were only up 11. <laughs> Again, after that 12-2 run by the Magic, but once Kyle and Kawhi came back in, Magically, Fred's hitting wide open threes. Surge is getting a nice little dunk. Freddie's getting layups. Norm getting layups. Raps answered that run. As soon as Kyle and Kawhi checked back in, they answered with a 7-0 run of their own. This is going to be the series where we really see Nick Nurse have to make certain adjustments. Because, I mean, if this series got a little tighter with the Orlando Magic, I wonder how much tighter the restraints would have been on the bench in terms of we still saw Norm and Fred Van Fleet playing together all the time. As the games get tighter, and they probably will in the Sixers series, and the matchups, you're talking about Jimmy Butler, you're talking about Tobias Harris, you're talking about big boy players, right? I'm interested to see how Nick Nurse will run the bench in terms of you need to have two of Kyle, Kawhi, and Pascal on the court at all times. Is that kind of how the offense has to run? Can you have long stretches? where you have Fred Van Fleet and Norman Powell on the floor together. I'm interested to see how that matchup works out for the Raps because the 33 minutes that people were complaining about, that I was complaining about after game one, that might have to get upped for Kawhi Leonard heading into this series. And I'm not worried about Fred, and I'm not worried about Norm, and I'm not worried about Serge when they're on the court with Kawhi and Kyle. Let's, let's put it that way. Let's keep it funky all the way. When you have those, what I'm calling the grown-ups, the vets on the floor with the young bucks, to settle them down. Because Fred and Norm have a tendency sometimes to, you know, when the run's going the opposite way, they're trying to go for the home runs, as I think it's Leo or Jack. One of them always say that. They're trying to either hit the big boy three or drive and do too much instead of trusting the offense, trusting the flow of your offense to what you really see with the starters all the time. 
passing up good shots for great shots. How many times do we see that in this game? Someone would have an open shot and then pass it up to someone else for a wide open shot. That's going to be interesting because you got to also remember that Danny Green didn't really have a Danny Green type game in this series where he went off from three. We didn't really get that. So hopefully, in terms of the bench, the rotation's limited a bit, and then we only get to see one of Norm and one of Fred on the court at the same time. Because the starters' minutes, gotta ante up those minutes. Siakam played a lot in this series, and that's probably gonna continue against Philly as well. But Philly, if I'm not mistaken, and it might have changed after tonight, but I'm pretty sure after the last game, Philly took the most free throws of any team in the postseason, and the Raptors took the least amount of free throws of any team in the postseason. And I know Raptors fans are always worried about the refs. I always try to say, I'm never going to blame the refs. I'm always going to try to not blame the refs. I don't want to make that a storyline. But I'll just say I'm pretty interested to see how things will break down <laughs> in this series. Because Joel Embiid, a lot of his game, a lot of his offense is based on trying to get to the basket. Jimmy Butler, if he's going, he's going to be getting to the free throw line. Ben Simmons, we know he's not selling for jump shots, right? <laughs> like, we know that's not Ben Simmons' game. So, it'll be interesting for sure. Will Kawhi get calls? The calls that Kawhi Leonard or a player of Kawhi Leonard's caliber deserves, that's going to be an interesting subplot going forward for sure. There's so many comments here. really appreciate you guys tuning in. And I'm going to try to, depending on how this week goes, what the schedule ends up being, I'm going to try to catch up with Webby to do a full-on preview slash recap of what happened in the first round, but also previewing the second round, especially this Raptors-Philly matchup. As we know, my boy Andrew Webster happens to be a Philadelphia Sixers fan. So this will be a lot of fun going forward. Uh, we will get into all those matchups as someone's asking about Jimmy Butler and how does he fit into the uh, Sixers. And a lot of talk about around this Sixers team by the people who like watch the Sixers on a regular basis. They're saying that the Sixers on paper work out a lot better than the Sixers do on an actual basketball court. They haven't really figured it out. They haven't really had that moment where things look as fluid or things look as good as the Raptors have since they made their changes at the deadline. But it's also tough because the Sixers have had, like you got to think, right? They had their team at the start of the year. Then they make the Jimmy Butler trade. Then the Sixers have the moment where Joel Embiid out and he misses a bunch of time and they get Tobias Harris and a brand new bench. So they've had so many different, you know, segments of their team, so many different parts of their team, so many different versions. That's the right term I'm looking for. They've had so many different versions of their team, right? You got to think that team's a whole lot different with Joel Embiid out of the lineup, but with Tobias Harris in the lineup. If you remove Tobias Harris and have Joel in, that's another different team. It's just so many things. How do all these pieces fit? That's going to be super interesting. And I also want to see the, the breakdown of who the Raptors put on who. There's so many interesting, interesting things. This will come down to the coaches. We will see coaching play a major factor in this series. And I don't know who you'd give, like going in, who would you give the nod to? All interesting questions. But let me know what you guys think. I'll read some of the questions. Me and Webby will discuss that going forward. 
But for now, how about we just enjoy the fact that your Toronto Raptors have won and advanced to the second round in the Eastern Conference as they, for the first time, again, win four straight games in a playoff series as they defeat the Orlando Magic 115-96 to to close out the Magic four games to one. And again, what a game in terms of they led by as many as 37 points. Just a business-like approach from the Toronto Raptors in this game. They came out focused. They came out with a purpose. They were not trying to head back to Orlando at all. And again, I don't think Orlando was even trying to head back to Orlando. They might have had their tickets booked to Cancun already. Either way, what a time to be a Raptors fan, as that was an amazing game. So, as always, shout out to the people on Twitter who tune into this podcast live on Twitter at Shell Alexander. And same goes for the people on Instagram on that live feed as well at Sheldon Alexander. Please, if you like what you hear, you want to support the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast. Also, Mikey is at the Raptor game tonight. He went to the clinching series. He sent me a message that he bumped into some people that were like, hey, you're the dude from the podcast. That's dope. Really dope. He sent me that message and I was like, wow, that's really, really cool. Because we do this to interact and talk with Raptors fans and have a good time. But when we get a chance to do things like that, like someone's coming up to you on the street, and saying hey we see you on the pod that's pretty cool raptors fans we're building this man this is a movement we're doing this raptors win raptors win raptors win they move on to the second in the eastern conference playoffs to take on the philadelphia 76ers my name is sheldon alexander and if you want to tune into this podcast you want to support this podcast when you see any of the posts like and subscribe like and subscribe on instagram and twitter same thing goes for facebook same thing goes for youtube just look up the the youtube channel is under my name sheldon alexander or you can search wrap it up podcast as well and all these episodes will pop up same thing search on blast podcast on all those platforms same thing goes for itunes soundcloud and google play like subscribe rate us all that fun stuff because all those things matter because as we continue to build this narrative and spread the love that is the Raptors nation, and especially because they're the last remaining team in the playoffs in this country of Canada right now, this Raptors movement is here. We're here. So enjoy it. Again, enjoy it. My name is Sheldon Alexander once again, and I did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Come on, blast.